Do you know that certain peptides can benefit those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's? If you want to learn more about how peptides can help with thyroid autoimmunity and other chronic conditions, then you'll want to check out the brand new Peptide Summit hosted by Dr. Jenny Flagar. In fact, peptides play a huge role in helping Dr. Jenny overcome her Hashimoto's condition. To register for the free Peptide Summit, visit SayMyThyroid.com forward slash peptides. Hey, this is Dr. Eric, and this Q&A episode is a little bit different from the others. Previously, I interviewed Julie Olson about hair loss, which you can listen to in episode number 44. And then Julie, Selena Rothenberger, and myself recently got together on Facebook Live to answer questions related to hair loss. But before doing this, Selena gave an amazing presentation entitled A Nutrigenomic Approach to Hair Loss. Since I like to keep these Q&A episodes somewhat short, what I decided to do is use the hair loss questions and answers as part of this Q&A episode, and then I made Selena's presentation into a bonus episode and released it at the same time as this episode. Just to let you know, there are five questions in total, and if you want to read the questions in advance, you can do so by visiting the show notes for this Q&A episode, which is on my website, SaveMyThyroid.com. So here is Julie, Selena, and myself answering questions related to hair loss. So Lucy has Hashimoto's, suffered from hair loss for three and a half years, which began six months before she was diagnosed. I finally found out that I've been estrogen dominant and since she's been taking DIM and calcium deglucarate supplements, and since she's been taking those, her hair loss has rapidly stopped and my hair is growing back. So my questions are as follows. How common is estrogen dominance related hair loss? And then the follow-up question is, I'm planning to take these supplements for at least three months, but I'm unsure what to do after that. Do you think a gut cleanse would help to rectify the problem of estrogen dominance so that I could hopefully stop needing the supplements? Yeah, so that goes right where I was taught that COMT gene. So that COMT gene is typically a down regulation. And so you will build up the, you can't clear out that estrogen and it leads to estrogen dominance. So it fits perfectly with your experience of you fix that estrogen, you fix that pathway. Now you can detox and metabolize estrogen properly. Now you no longer have the hair loss. It's very, very much connected. Um, And so long-term though, you want to figure out why beyond just that COMT gene, what else is there? Gut is always where I start and where Julie starts. You have to fix why the body's not getting the nutrients because the nutrients are how we can modulate our genes and how we can support those genes. That might be a one or two lane highway. If we keep them nurtured, they will work perfectly fine. And especially if we reduce any sort of outside inflammation or triggers or toxins. Um, but yeah, so long-term I would probably, without knowing a lot more about the history, what happened, you know, four years ago, what was it that happened? You said it was three years ago. Is that what she said? Yeah, I suffered hair loss for yeah. three and a half years. So um, I would be wondering what happened four, four and a half years ago. A lot of times you'll find that part, you know, six months to a year prior to your major symptoms. That can be a huge component to, okay, this is what you need to fix, or this is what led to that trickle down effect. But gut health for sure is where I would definitely be looking. And then I want to add what we do in our practice is we start with a questionnaire that puts together your own personalized timeline and health matrix. And that's where we can look at what happened three, four years ago with you and start putting the pieces together. Mm -hmm. So that would be very valuable to move forward. So in this situation, do you also look at 
do you do a comprehensive stool panel where you look to see if like beta glucuronidase is elevated, for example? Yeah, we, yep. we, we start we start first with the timeline and the question there, and from there determine what labs. Each person, you know, it's tailored to each person's um, how they answer the questionnaire or what labs we give them or not. But on this stool test, it would be the beta glucuronidase. You're going to be looking at your calprotectin. What's going on with your enzymes? Um, what's the, the bio, the microbiome? What's going on there? Looking for things like your acromancia. Do you have enough of that? Your bifidobacterium. The bifidobacterium longum is especially important for detoxifying and for your uh, estrogen and for a healthy estrogen metabolism. So looking at all of those kinds of things whenever you do look at the gut would be some of the things that we'd be looking at. All right. Wonderful. So next question is from Janet. I was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism and I was wondering how long does it take for hair loss to stop and grow back? I know everyone is different, but I'm hoping you give me an average length of time. So typically in most situations, I'm usually looking at three month increments. Um, a lot of that has to do with your 90 to 120 day life cycle of your red blood cells. So sometimes you can see things start to happen a lot sooner, but usually three to four months increments and okay, they didn't have this three months. Well, then the next three months or the next three months. And so that's probably the closest that I would say, cause it is so, so unique. It's, it's just very unique. It depends on how well you can identify, Oh, I had mercury leaking mercury fillings. We get those removed. Boom. Now we got that fixed. Or like what I think it was Amy just said, Oh, she started clearing her out. She had estrogen dominance. She took care of that and it's already happening. So if you know your reason why, it can be really quickly, but sometimes it's not that simple of that, you know, you don't always hit a home run the first time. Sometimes you got to hit a lot of singles. And so it varies. <laughs> yeah. I will say if the cause is hyperthyroidism, now, of course you want to find out what's causing the hyperthyroidism, but if it's, let's say the person's hyper and they're losing hair and then you're controlling the hyperthyroidism, in some cases you might be able to stop the hair loss quickly. It depends. Sometimes a person will take antithyroid medication and that might help. Sometimes people take antithyroid medication and could actually make it worse. But then as far as the growing back part, usually you'll need to kind of get it, keep it in balance for a while. And that all comes down to, again, addressing the cause of the problem. So let's see. Next question is from Sabrina. So another Hashimoto's patient. So, I'm a, so as a Hashimoto's patient, my hormones have been messed up for decades. I started losing a lot of hair when my mom lost her control. So she had an emotional attack, continued well into my adulthood until we spent a few solid years to reconcile and heal. So for someone who has been shedding tons of hair for many years, is it possible to stop that process? That one sounds to me like the stress. And so I've got a client I'm working with in Indiana and major, major childhood stress. And if you tell you can sometimes fix that, the emotional stresses are very, very real and they can affect us in many ways. This particular person was not hair loss, but it's still whatever that stress will shut down your GI tract, you're not going to get nutrients. And so for you, it could be that your genes, the metabolic genes that really, that the hair is important with, those are greatly affected because they're just not getting the nutrients because of that, any that trauma, that any of that emotional stress. So that kind of part is having really good, not really stress management, but emotional healing, like whatever's works for you. There's a lot of different modalities 
but that stress component is probably going to be a huge thing. And it also goes to the digestive variants that I talked about in the very beginning, because if you have a lot of those digestive variants, your GI tract is already a one lane highway. When you add stress to that, there's no buffer. There's no, there's no like room to grow or room on that. And so it hits you really, really hard. And so when there's been some emotional stress that you know that, Hey, that was the trigger Digestive health is super important. Self-care is absolutely 100% vital. Those kinds of things are going to be definitely necessary to help recover the hair. And I want to mention 10 years ago, before I got into this line of work, I was losing my hair like crazy and stress was a major component. Mm -hmm. Um, And what happened, it was a, a cascade. So the stress, and then I found out I was very gluten intolerant. I became anemic you know, I wasn't absorbing my nutrients at all, eating like crazy. But there's hope, there's ways to resolve it, as I did. And so don't, don't get discouraged. And just, just keep moving forward and and know that you can grow your hair back. Mm -hmm. And that's true, even if someone's been having it for many years, because I think that's was Sabrina's concern is that she's had it for so long. So she was concerned if she's had it for decades, the hair loss, whether or not she could address that. And it sounds like the answer is yes. In most situations, there can be atrophy sometimes. So, I mean, I would not give up hope. I mean, I would definitely pursue that. But I mean, you can't always, I guess, say there's always 100% absolute. There's always exceptions to everything. (laughs) But I would be very hopeful for it, yes. All right. Then Maya also has a question about hair loss. I read that evening Primrose oil is good for hair loss with hyperthyroidism. And I take 1,300 milligrams twice per day. It does help with shedding, but it doesn't seem to regrow the hair. What can I do for more regrowth? So I would be looking into more as wise. When you talk about the evening primrose, that's going to be one of those omega-6s pathways um, and your fatty acids. So if that was a deficiency that helps stop the shedding, but you're not getting to the other side of regrowth, there's probably still some other nutrients that I would be looking at as to what else is the body missing? What else is it needing um, to help with resolving inflammation, but then repairing? You got to have that repair stage and that growth stage. All right. And then Brenda, Brenda asks, how do you know if your hair loss is related to hormones, the gut or something else? You can take the quiz on our website. (laughs) And that website is the short version of it is julieolson.net, O-L-S-O-N.net. But on the homepage and on the hair loss page, you can find a quiz. I think it's on the women's expert page now too, right? Oh, it is under resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But it is important to find out what type of hair loss you have because there's different solutions to different, depending on what type of hair loss you have. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it crosses over, but that's really a good place to start. And then after that, it's more just looking at testing, looking at your history, looking at your symptoms, putting all those things together, uh, your genetics to see, do you have a genetic predisposition? All of it goes together to really decide, okay, what is the cause here? What's your kind of your source? And I guess one thing I'll add is, let's say if the person's you know having hair loss and they do a dried urine test, Dutch test, and it's showing problems with estrogen metabolism. And then they do a stool panel and there's elevated beta-glucuronidase and a lot of dysbiosis. There's no guarantee that's what's causing the hair loss, but you'd want to fix those problems anyway. And hopefully by addressing those imbalances, as well as maybe others too, because I I do comprehensive blood testing. So if the person had an iron deficiency, of course, you would want to 
address that, but you might be addressing that through the gut because you'd want to ask, why does that person have that iron deficiency? Is it because they're not getting enough iron? Is it because they're menstruating? Or is it because of, that they have a gut issue? So yeah, sometimes it's not easy to find out the cause right away. So you're finding out certain imbalances that might relate to the hair loss. And then of course, you can address those imbalances and hope that fixes the problem. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to let you know about a product called Hepatomune Supreme, which is a unique supplement that has a rare combination of N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC, milk thistle, and schisandra to support the liver. And it also has a few mushrooms that can help support the immune system, including cordyceps, which has both immune modulating and adaptogenic properties, and is great for those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. To learn more about Hepatomune Supreme, visit SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash liver support.